Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. And good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Ann McNeil, and I am the master builder, helping to build stronger and better lives, also the founder of this awesome organization, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. And today we are talking to an energetic, awesome, handsome young man. He is our state representative, Keani McGee. And I could go on to tell you about the fact that he represents House District 117. I can also tell you that he's the minority leader in our state of Florida in the House of Representatives. But I can also tell you that he grew up in South Dade in public housing. And I could go on and on and on about his, his bachelor's degree from Howard University. But... I think that one of the things I want you to remember about this young man is that when you are in his presence, you feel his awesome, energetic spirit from the first smile on his face. And Keani, that was my uh, that was my response when I first met you years and years and years yeah. ago. And so to yeah. <laughs> good morning. So so to have you representing us. In this awesome state of Florida, I am honored, actually, to have you on our show today, talking a little bit about yourself, how did you get here, where are you now, but equally as important, where are you going, and how can we help support you in that effort? Because as the voice of black women in construction, and as the new face of construction, we are very interested in collaborating and partnering with you throughout the state of Florida in terms of your vision for having a better quality of life in our state. So let me say all all of that by saying good morning. It's it's, It's great to have you on the show. And what I'd like to have you do is tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. All right. And, and and thank you, Ann, and, and thank you for this opportunity. And to all the listeners out there, listen, you couldn't be in a better place at this particular moment, this particular time. You have the best fighter. I call her the gladiator uh, for people and ensuring that the quality of life is there, uh, whether you have or you don't have, but at some point you will have. And so 
and thank you very much for this opportunity. And, and listen, and you know, when you were making, when you were having, uh, actually describing of individual, I was saying to myself, well, who is she talking about? Because I was like, oh, I like that guy already. So I was, <laughs> but then when you added my name to it, I was like, oh my God, that's me, that's me, that's me. Well, I'm, I'm just simply saying, look, look, the truth of the matter is, yes, we met years ago. I'll tell you exactly where uh, you were doing a lot of community work with, uh, with the community, and I was a prosecutor at the time. You had a program, and, I, and, and you have changed so many lives. It was uh, Mastermind. And yes. you, you, you were working with some of the best, the greatest um, community folk, business folk I had ever seen. Everybody you work with, I've always wanted to emulate their style, something about them to get me to where I needed to be at the time. And while you looked at my smile and the energy, I was looking at you because I was so intimidated by you. Because you, you, when you step into a room, it's almost as if there's a, a fire burning and there's no way you can put it out. And so with a, with, a, with a huge fire and I'm just a match, you know, I'm looking at you like, I can't go out there. She's at the top. Now, don't get me wrong now. You were, like, you're so welcoming. Like, you, you let people know, listen, it's okay to talk to me. Like, you know, don't run when you see me. Just, just take a smile and and, and 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 intellect and know that you can come in and talk to me. But you know, at that point and at that time, I was I was basically coming out of my uh, uncomfortable era of my life. Uh, a little bit about myself. You know, I grew up in housing project. My mom raised mom raised uh, six of us. Um, you know, during a time from kindergarten, I believe they. The school system had labeled me uh, um, mentally retarded based upon my um, IQ score. My IQ score at the time, I believe, we tested out, it was 78. And so I, at the time, it was borderline. Wow. Uh, you know, scientists have determined that it was a borderline mental retardation. And there was another score that came in. I believe it came in somewhere uh, in the low 70s, lower than the 78. So it was no question about, you know, where I was mentally um, and psychologically uh, on this measuring rod, this measuring stick that society uses to determine exactly who we are, where we're going, and what we're about. No question about it. And so like, like everything else, when, when there's a prophecy uh, placed over your life and it's done by experts, you somehow begin to believe it because you have no alternative. And when your environment matches the alternative, you seem to buy into that, and that becomes who you are and what you are. So for the next 12 years of school, uh, I'm placed in a special, educa- a special education where students similar who are similarly situated, such as I, we would actually eat together, go to school together, be released together. But we were in rooms where there was no there were no windows. Uh, we had a we had a teacher and about two or three aides, and, and we jokingly called that mini prison a very long time ago. So. You, you can get to see that, you know, and, and, and secondly, it was almost what um, I've, I've termed in my later years. Um, <laughs> we were the we were the we were the guinea pig. Uh, we were being studied. Wow. People would walk by us, and look at us and look through the doors and and wonder why we were you know confined to a classroom and why we were not um, introduced to the mainstream of the school. So for 12 years, I did that. That was me. That, that defines my life. Um, it wasn't until. Um, I was arrested uh, for a crime I didn't commit by officers because I fit I fit the bill at the time. Um, young, um, you know, 
had the characteristics of a of, of a criminal, um, and had my butt whooped, uh, a form of uh, police brutality at the time. And this all happened inside of a, a hospital, an emergency room. And 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 I believe, and that's the that's the point. I believe that's the point that really started to change this entire course I was on. And so once I was sitting, I was wow. sitting in jail one day after having my butt whooped by the police. Um, and I was sitting in jail and facing between 10 and 20 years based upon the A form they had written. They had charged me with about four felonies. And based upon that A form, it was determined that, you know, in the state of Florida, there are guidelines. And, and they say, okay, if you're found guilty, you can get up to this amount of time uh, if you go to trial and, and you lose. So on, on, on paper, it was about 20 years. Um, but I sat in jail that one day, and, and I thought about it, and I came out more determined than ever. I couldn't read on a 12th grade level. I was um, still somewhere around the 6th or the 7th. I had a 580 SAT scores. I think Anne gave me 300 points for signing my name. <laughs> um, and I had a 1992-point GPA, so I wasn't really going anywhere academically. But once I got out of jail um, and we were in the courtroom, I remember looking at the prosecutor who was handling my case and I said, that prosecutor has a lot of power. That prosecutor can determine whether you go north or south in your life because of the, the power that a prosecutor had. And so I made a determination at that moment uh, with my mother sitting behind me, me sitting in a defendant's chair in a courtroom, uh, being represented by counsel. But I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a prosecutor. And I figured by being a prosecutor, what that would allow me to do is take my very experiences that I've grown up with and the people who have helped me along the way, I got an idea that that would help me, uh, help them. So I, 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 t- I reached, leaned back and told my mom, I said, that prosecutor over there, I got a lot of power. Keep in mind, I'm dealing with my own issues. Now, who, who on God's Absolutely. green earth would have ever thought? Who, have, who on God's green earth would have ever thought that here I am sitting there as a defendant, labeled mentally retarded, uh, came from the hood and uh, being raised by a mother who did everything she could possibly do to get me where I needed to be. And and I'm talking about being a prosecutor. I'm, I'm looking at my present situation at that time as if it's just a situation, but not knowing what I was doing was already um, beginning to build upon the foundation that my mom and community members had already poured into me. They poured faith in me. And my mom would always, no matter where we were and how things were going, she would always read this 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 chapter in in the Bible, um, this book Matthew, uh, chapter nineteen, verses twenty six and twenty seven. And I believe somewhere in there it says that, but with God, all things are possible. So no matter how bad things were, I got a butt, you know, I had my butt whooped by her. She was like, but with God, all things possible, right? Um, um, exactly. Like but with God, all things are possible. So every time something bad happened or something happened that wasn't um, what we thought it should be, it was, but with God, all things are possible. So that's the attitude I've had. That's the attitude I have. And so from there, I ended up um, leaving there and fast forward. I went to Howard University. Uh, they allowed me to come in. Oh, my God, I love that school so much. They allowed me to come in, and they gave me the opportunity. I never turned back. I graduated from Howard I then went on to Thurgood Marshall School of Law where I got obtained my law degree, came back with my law degree uh, back to Miami Dade because I wasn't finished with them because I was on a mission because I felt like I was violated and they were about to feel, feel the wrath of a young man who, who was determined to fight for what's his and what's his, what belongs to his community. And I came back 
And I said, <laughs> time to be a prosecutor. And lo and behold, the interview happened. I became a prosecutor. Thank you, Captain Fernandez Rondo. And I stayed there for about six to seven years prosecuting cases from some of the, um, some of the worst type of cases you can think of. And um, from there, I wrote two books. One became a bestseller. And from there, I, um, I met with some community members who wanted me to run for office. And they, they said I had all the, all the um, tools to do it because I can tell the story like no one else can. And I've been through it. I overcame it. And I can set the pavers down for the future. And lo and behold, that's what we did. We won. Seventy-six years later, um, I am the leader of the minority party, um, which is also the leader of the House, which is um, basically I'm in charge uh, um, and leading a caucus, but also crafting a $90 billion budget for 67 county and 20 million people. That's where we are today. And um, beautiful wife, beautiful children. Uh, and thank God, I always tell people, thank God for thank God for my wife, um, because God knows. <laughs> I still don't know how I got her. Somebody jokingly asked me the other day, how did you get your wife? And I had to tell them, man, I'm married up. <laughs> <laughs> married outside, awesome. hey, outside of my league, but it's okay. Only it's okay. But, so that's where we are, Ann, and just thank you so much, because again, you know, looking at how you did things and no different than how you and your husband, you know, your home, uh, fixing up your house and all this, renovating your house. And all of a sudden you say to yourself, hold up, I can do this. We can do this. Can we can build this. something and we can help black women and women across the table, you know, build themselves. And look what you did. You created one of the best construction firms and, and, and look, look how things are turned out. You single-handedly changed many lives. So I'm just, I'm just happy to be here with you on the phone. Whatever questions you ask me, just know it's coming back to you because I love you that much. <laughs> oh, listen, I tell you, you you really are a, a shining light, and I'm so glad to hear your story because, of course, this is my first time hearing that part of the story. I do remember when you were a prosecutor. I do remember when you ran, and I continue to support you to this day because I do believe that your attitude supersedes everything else you're going to do. And really, uh, you know, people see us now, but they don't know the story. And that's one of the reasons why we host this show. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and talk about what does the future hold for you and what do you see next. So we're going to go to a commercial break, and we will be right back. We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction blog talk radio show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. 
Thank you, and we're back. All right, so help us to understand what's next. Right now you're in the house, and it is it's an awesome responsibility. Um, you know, you have been involved with passing numerous bills. Um, just wondering what's next, and then my next question to follow that up is in the current position that you have now, if there are any particular bills that that you've passed that you may be proud of. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you what's next. Um, what's next right now is I'm, I'm coming home. Uh, uh, and, and when I say coming home, I'm coming home from Tallahassee to come home to the local community. And that means I would, you know, I will be um, running, and I'm currently running, uh, for the Miami-Dade County Commission uh, District 9 uh, seat. And that's a seat that's currently held um, by Commissioner Moss. Now, Commissioner Moss has come out to uh, endorse and support, and, and, and he's telling all his supporters that he, he has chosen um, his successor to be Keone McGee, which I, I appreciate it. I really do. And, you know, I want people to remember that, you know, I've been, with, been in Commissioner Moss's life, or he's been in my life, uh, because he's been another instrumental person for over, for over, 20, for over 27 years, you know. And he he has instilled in me the qualities of a of a servant leader, uh, and also of someone who understands that you know you don't have to be an extrovert all the time or any time to get things done. Sometimes the most confidence the, the, the one per, the, the people that you find with the most confidence are the introverts. Those are the ones who quietly walk in, do what they got to do, and get out, and 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 they still have their confidence uh, intact. And so. Those are, the, those are the qualities that I have, and I want to bring them back to the back to the district where I grew up at, because I live in the same community where I was born, and nobody calls me representative. Everybody calls me by my nickname, uh, Kiki or Keanu or, or G. So it's so it's like you know to be able to come back home and say, guys, I'm still standing, and I found out some things that I believe can help you. I think will help. Uh, the Southgate community is one of the fastest growing communities in the state of Florida. Uh, right now, you know, the foundation has been laid again by Commissioner Moss, and, and um, who before came up with the Moss plan. But we're starting to see um, an upheaval uh, in business um, and, 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 and social movement, uh, economics, uh, sociology, psychology, everything about the South that we do of um, pre-Andrew, um, it's changing now. And I want to make sure that the person who's going to drive that change uh, for the community that he knows so well as myself, because I believe I am in a better position to know what the people want and how to get them there. Listen, and I said, and I'll say this now, and I'm, and I'll say it again. You know, I understand. You know, politics is it's 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 a contact sport, and it requires you to take a position against that party versus this party. But you know, and to be honest with you, right now, I think people are more concerned with the common sense party. People are just looking for people that can come together on common sense issues and answer the question. Do what you did. You know, when you built that, when you built up your construction company, when when you founded your your, your mastermind and, and, and similar to what they talked about in the USA Today and and how you were featured in the Black Enterprise magazine, 
It's like, what was it that drove you? Why did you do what you did? And why are you coming back? And, and I know for a fact, at the end of the day, you did it because you believe you're in a better position to, to help bring a better quality of life to the very people that you were going to push forward and that you, and who you, you have an obligation to do it for. Because the truth of the matter is, at the end of the day, um, the, you know, the, 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 the service is the fee that we pay to occupy space on this land, on this earth. And, and that's the thing that we have to do. And by you now building um, a consensus across the board and, and, and thought and idea and showing people that, listen, you can have your own, you can be inspired to do so much, but build wealth and you'll build your community. That's something basically I'm borrowing from you. So everything and anything I'm trying to do in the South and I will do in the South, it is not original. It is pretty much I'm taking what has already been placed under the sun by people such as yourself who've already sacrificed so much, traveled to Tallahassee, traveled to D.C., traveled the country, doing seminars, speaking to folk about bettering their lives. And the only thing I'm saying, listen, if she can do it, I can do it, you can do it, let's do it, and let's be a part of the change for the South. And that's, that's, that's what we hold. That's what the future movement is for us. We're going to do it. We have a lot of support, and um, we want to see black women in particular uh, also at the table now because for so long, if you think about it, our black women have been left out of the conversation when we're talking about the billion-dollar contract or having a seat at the table. If it was not for NABWIC, I don't know where many of our construction leaders would be. And so, I, again, I, I keep saying you're going to ask me a question, but it's coming back to you because – you have been so instrumental in forming all these things, and and definitely the conversation about the South needs to be had and 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 pushed forward by individuals such as yourself because you are the experts in those areas. You know, I am. I I, I say two things. You know, you have your managers, and you have your leaders. Your leaders are the ones who are going to go in and knock down a wall, but they're never going to pick up the brick and organize it where it needs to go. Your managers are going to be the ones who are going to come in and say, hold on now, I know you just broke down the wall and you pushed over those bricks, but um, we got to get some organization to this stuff. And and so what you're doing right now, and if you're creating that generation of leaders and managers who are going to come in and put this system in place so that we all can have a seat at the table. Let's be honest. <laughs> if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And if you're not on the menu, you're probably somewhere outside preparing to be slaughtered in order to be placed on the menu. And so we got to get, we got to do what you're doing, but we have to maximize it more on the uh, macro level so that people can know that we're dead serious and that black women also deserve to be at this table because we too pay taxes. We too are part of this fabric and we too have a story that we want to leave for our kids. Kiana, you know you are just the bomb. And for those people that don't understand what that means, you can look it up. But he has just turned this table around on me. (laughs) And you did exactly what you said you were going to do to make it about everybody else as you help people build a better quality of life. And I don't think that there's a better example that we can give when you talk about who best to represent the district that you live in. And when you engage your community and empower them, they, yes, they will in turn turn around and empower you. So uh, your mom had it right when she talked about but God. And for those of us that, that call on him, and this is, you know, uh, about whatever the listener want to make it about. But at the same time, we do know also that all things 
still work together for good. And if you know the rest of that, um, that, that verse, it is still all things. And so if you feel a part of that group of people who feel that uh, we're called uh, for his purpose to uh, lift as we rise and rise as we lift, then I, I really tip my hat to you, Keanu, because just listening to your story and feeling the energy in your message and in your voice, uh, I want to make sure that people have a way to reach you who are interested in um, in this journey, this new chapter of your life uh, as you come home, but also in coming home, going south and coming home to represent your area. Can you share with the listeners how they can reach you? You have We have people listening in on many different devices, and then we're going to be sharing this show in the future. But we want to make sure that people have a way to reach you, and we do have the link if they're interested in giving, and we will post that link on, on this site. But can you share with our listeners, how can they reach you before we start to wrap up the show? Oh, oh, oh thank you. Um, it's Keone McGee. Dot com that's k i o n n e m c g h e e or you can just text me <laughs> or call me uh seven eight six six one zero nine seven three two that is my personal cell phone number um I'm good at returning calls i just I'm just not going to tell you when I'm going to return them but I'm good at returning calls uh, but if you really need to reach me and you have a pressing question that you know if that you know as an attorney or or somebody in the community somebody in the, you know in, in, in government you know, just send me a text, and I'll, I'm usually on my phone all the time just texting, so I'll get right back to you. It's just that it's easier for the text if you text me on that number, 786-610-9732. Or you can follow me on social media. That's Keone McGee uh, on Facebook, Twitter, um, IG, uh, wherever, the, wherever social devices out there, uh, platforms out there, we're there. That's phenomenal. And right before we wrap up, I did ask the question about if there's any particular uh, bill or legislation that you've passed that you're proud of more than any other. And thank you very much. There, there are many bills out there, uh, but the one that I am, I am personally proud about is that in the state of Florida, a lot of people didn't know there were African-Americans um, who were enslaved, slaves to come up and here's your terminology there are slaves who actually had a hand in building the florida capital i repeat african slaves african-american slaves how black slave whatever however people want to call them whatever terminology you use to to, 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 um, to describe um our forefathers and, 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 and mothers who have come and, and, and took care of us and provided foundation for us um they were enslaved and they were forced to build the capital, the state's capital. <laughs> and and for so long, no one wanted to discuss that because people really didn't know. So we did some research, and I found out that, hey, at the end of the day, people who were actually serving in the legislature at the time owned slaves. And, the, and, and they would lease those slaves to the state of Florida to erect the capital. So what I did was I put it into a bill. The first year it came out, it was very controversial because there were some people who had family in the Confederacy Army, and they, they, they thought it was not a good idea at that particular moment um, to, to call it a, a Florida Slavery Memorial. I pushed for a Florida Slavery Memorial, and the reason why I did that is because everybody else is memorialized in some form of fashion. 
Everybody else has a way of identifying what their people did and what contributions they made. So I thought it was not robberies that we do the exact same thing to those who were enslaved against their will um, to build a memorial for them and to recognize them so that it can forever be in the history books and our children will forever know about these things. And so, you know, that's what we did. And the second year, lo and behold, it passed. So Florida, tech, there's a law that uh, will create a Florida slavery memorial on the Florida Capitol. And so now when, you know, and when you travel to Tallahassee, you will see it. It will be there. It's there for forever, forever, this memorial. And so that's one of the wow. pieces uh, that we will always be able to look back on. I can't wait to get to Tallahassee when the groundbreaking happened. But that was born out of realizing that someone paid the ultimate price for me uh, to occupy space on this world and this world and that it was for me um, to return to them the fruits of their labor, not the fruits of my labor, but the fruits of their labor for the fruits from which the seed they planted. Wow. I, I'm just sitting here just um, inspired, 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 inspired. And I cannot think of a better place to wrap up the show and just encourage all of our listeners, uh, support this brother. I mean, just that last act in our state legislature, which helps us to remember how and why and when, but especially who built, uh, for, for example, our state legislature. And, and when you think about the many, many, many times we go to Tallahassee to lobby and now having a greater appreciation for um, for for the buildings of it, you know, the buildings itself. And I am looking forward as the master builder to helping you to build your South Bay community to be a better place for the residents in all of the state of Florida. So, Kiani, if there's any closing remarks you'd like to make. Please do so, and then we will go uh, go ahead and, and wrap up the show. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing oh, no, with us no today. Problem. We're going to have to have you back. Thank you. <laughs> I'm always available for you. Trust me. Listen, I am not as intimidated as I was before, but not, not because I feel like I'm, I've, I've arrived. It just simply means because I've gotten a little more confident. And you and I both know, man, it's like if, if you don't address – what you are on the inside, you can fool the world with what you are on the outside. And But at the end of the day, it's going to be a conflict, and conflict leads to frustration, frustration leads to stress, and stress leads to whatever else of the great things that come, the, the horrible things that come with it. And right now, I can say this to you as I close, just thank you, um, because it's not easy, and I know it's not. What people don't realize is that they just see you, and they think, oh, my gosh, she's made it. She doesn't have any issues. She doesn't have to worry about anything. But let's, let's, let's be absolutely honest here. We're talking about a young lady who takes, who takes, uh, who drives to Tallahassee, or who has to fly to Tallahassee. Those flights from Miami to Tallahassee are sometimes nine hundred dollars uh, up and back flight. You're paying for that, right? Well, the driving, the eight Absolutely. hour in a car where you're driving away from your family. That's you. When you have to hop on a plane every time you travel across the country to meet people, and that's you sacrificing your family and sacrificing everything that you built. And because we don't know when the last time or the first or the last time that God's going to give us breath in our body and, and call us on home. But every day you get out there knowing that that moment could be at any time. But what do you do? You still do it in spite and despite of. And I was close to saying this last thing. 
Second Timothy chapter four verses I believe six, seven through eight. It is like, and this is the mantra. This is what I live by. Fight the good fight. Stay the course. Keep the faith. That's it. Those. That's it. As long as you can answer those three questions and whatever you do, that's all you need. Did you fight the good fight? <laughs> did you stay the course? And did you keep your faith? And if the answer is, if you answer all those in the affirmative, you've done a great job, whatever the outcome may be. All right. We can drop the mic. And right now we're going to go ahead and close the show. Thanks again for coming on. And we will see all of you next time on the radio. Have a good day. Thank you. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.